0: Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode continues the focus on scenes taking place in the town of Twin Peaks, mostly through the lens of the hit-and-run storyline. And then we're going to have a brief uh, mention of mythology, how it does or doesn't play out in this episode, before we uh, say goodbye for today. And this is all, of course, for Season 3, Part 10. In Fat Trout Trailer Park Life, Carl sings Red River on his guitar And we see his sign that says 9.30, never before, to 5.30, which is a nice little reference back to Firewalk with me. And Carl sees a mug fly through the window. In the other character's storylines, the big one is the hit-and-run story. We see Richard confronting Miriam at the trailer she lives in in the beginning. She tells him that she's called the police and sent a letter. And we see him deducing in a sort of sinister way that she probably talked to Chad, because he hasn't been arrested yet, so she must have talked to the one deputy who's on his side. And she sent a letter, and he asks her if she sent it today, and stupidly, unfortunately, she says, yes, I did, not realizing that he's trying to figure out if it hasn't arrived yet, and he has a chance of intercepting it. So he races into the trailer, beats her ruthlessly, when we see her, she's bleeding all over the floor. She almost looks dead. And he lights a candle and puts it above the gas stove and leaves it open. And then he calls Chad and tells him to intercept the letter, swears at him, threatens him. But Chad doesn't seem that threatened. You know, we're we're realizing as this goes along that Richard is not nearly as intimidating as he thinks he is. He's a vicious asshole. And uh, certainly with all the female characters he encounters, he just brutalizes them. But the men tend not to be actually that threatened by him. They tend to sort of push back against him and, may, and and play on his insecurities. And Nonetheless, Chad does follow through on what Richard asks. He tries to distract Lucy the next morning, talking about how nice the weather is, and then he goes outside and he goes to the mail truck and he just takes the letters and hides an envelope in his uh, shirt and It uh, walks away. But both the driver and Lucy are suspicious. They're kind of watching him, and we get the sense that maybe this won't work as well as he thinks. Chad sends a text to Richard saying that he's taking care of the letter, and Richard goes to Sylvia's home, Sylvia Horn, who is his grandmother. This is the first time I think we get explicit confirmation outside of the end credits that Richard is a horn. So when he arrives, Johnny's sitting there tied up to the chair after his recent accident. And there's a weird teddy bear with a glass dome over its head saying, Hello, Johnny, how are you today? And Charmaine, the music that many will recognize from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, is playing on the soundtrack and sylvia tries to keep johnny out but he storm or i'm sorry tries to keep richard out but richard storms in shoves her around swears at her strangles her forces her to give him the combination of the safe he takes all of her money flees yells at her it's just it's a really like grotesque scene just hard to watch and brutal and very you know makes you wince and I did mention, I'd say a little bit more about this, so I guess, I mean, maybe I'll save the f- the further discussion for, for later episodes as, as Richard's story winds down, but this scene was clearly from the anecdotes that Mark Frost has said, and I think the anecdotes that uh, Sherilyn Fenn has said as well, clearly was, was supposed to be Audrey, and she hated that idea, and wanted something else. With what remains, is there really a point to all this? I, I don't really know. Um, it's worth noting as well, another movie that this is clearly referencing besides One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is A, is a Clockwork Orange, where the character storms in as just assaulting this character with sort of light Muzak. It, I mean, it's not Muzak, uh, probably insulting the composer there, but you know, that light kind of music playing, classical music, as this brutal violence is being enacted uh, and... Yeah, that's uh there's there's obviously a big Kubrick influence on Lynch and a lot of Kubrick in this series. Uh 2001, very much Dr. Strange, love very much both of those very present in the previous episode, but also I'm not sure if there's any Eyes Wide Shut I have to think about that, but definitely some Lolito with the driving scenes. Sylvia calls Ben and demands money. And he's really not happy to give it and he's horrified at what happened, but he's annoyed with her. And that kind of gets into another storyline, I guess. But we do know that Ben is aware at this point that his grandson has assaulted his ex-wife. Moving on to the final story section, we have the spirit world and red room, nothing, purple world tower, nothing, convenience store, nothing, and the zone, nothing. No spirit world in this episode. In fact, there's very little Lodge lore. This is not a a spirit-heavy, mythology-heavy episode at all. Uh, It's more focused on, like, the earthly violence of the twin peaks world so it's interesting how certain episodes will really emphasize one thing and kind of neglect something else and the other ones will uh, emphasize that thing and neglect the other thing you know there's there's a balance in that sense sometimes between episodes not always within them usually this section can last can last more than 10 minutes this is going to be like 30 seconds because there's not much to say the log lady says electricity is humming as i mentioned in that little monologue you know, that's about as close as we get to any sort of description of the spirit world. And Gordon has his vision of Laura and that's, that's it. That's all I can think of. There's certainly no spirit characters in this episode. That's it for today's episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. And tomorrow we will look at the current events that took place around part 10. What took place in the world uh, as this episode aired, and what was on the cover of Time magazine, what was going on in the world, and what was the number one movie, and all of that.